This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 121 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, Bybit just keeps having these promotions, giveaways, and contests. And this time, it's a contest going on on October 31st, a 50K USDT prize pool. They're giving away three iPhone 15s. Very cool. I'm going to go ahead and put this contest link on the blog so everybody can see it. So what you want to do is you want to go down to the blog in the description, click on it, check out Bybit, see if it's for you. If it is, click on the affiliate link in that blog and get yourself signed up. Now, if for some reason you are not allowed to trade on Bybit, there is a decentralized arm called Apex. Operates a bit different, but I have that information down below as well under decentralized trading. Either way, if you want a great broker that's well capitalized and does not answer to the SEC, click the links down below and get yourself set up. Because as we all know by now, with Bybit, membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and we have not nerded out on gold in a while. And that's really a shame. We, we should do this more often because gold, as we know, is a vital part of any financial prepper's strategy. And recently, the Fed in the United States gave everybody a very nice opportunity to re-enter the gold market or enter for the first time. This is exciting. Now, what's not exciting, really, to me is when gold kind of hovers near its highs but just won't quite get there and just stays in this range for a while, it's like, you know, it's, it's not the best opportunity to buy gold, really. I would say you would certainly want to have some before new highs break out, because who knows what's going to happen after that. Uh, but if so, you want to buy when it's cheaper, of course. And on September 20th, we had the FOMC meeting. Hadn't had one in a while. And they said something that most of the financial world did not expect them to say. They came out and said, so we're, we're going to pause right now. But we do plan on raising rates later in the year. Furthermore, the amount of times we plan on cutting in 2024, we're going to cut that number down some. Now, as you can imagine, this is very, very hawkish, very bullish for the United States dollar. This is also very bullish for bonds. Because if interest rates are still going to go up, and on top of that, they're not going to drop much anytime soon, and much less so than we anticipated, yeah, that's going to be bullish for the dollar, bullish for bonds, and pretty much bearish for everything else that's measured in United States dollars. And the dollar's already been ripping ever since it hit its bottom in July. Now, oddly enough, there are things out there that have been holding their value really well against this ripping dollar. Oil, of course, but that's another story. Uranium stocks, which we've already talked about on this podcast a couple episodes ago. Uh, and believe it or not, Bitcoin. Uh, it hasn't been going up, but you know, even though it's down, it's not down a ton, which is intriguing. Might be uh, another topic for another day. But an environment like this is never good for gold. Usually. We'll talk about that. But I will say the gold's one real kryptonite out there, if I, if I could really struggle to create a bearish case for it, would be a world where interest rates just get like out of control high, like almost approaching Paul Volcker level highs and stays that way for a while. That would be disastrous for gold. And now there's very few scenarios out there that I, I can see that would really take this thing down. Uh, but that would be one of them. And the chances of that ever happening are extremely low. Uh, but I did want to throw that out there just so people are aware. 
But that's the only real bearish thing I can say. Let me list you a host of very bullish things that I see going forward and why I am going to be adding on to my own personal gold holdings moving forward here. Now, the main reason is long-term versus medium-term. I will explain. Whenever you see moves like this occur, it's typically Wall Street and hedge funds and things like that acting upon what they hear. Now, we have, as contrarian investors, we have a luxury, which they don't have. And as I just alluded to, that is the luxury of time. These guys have to put out quarterly reports. These people have bosses they need to impress. These people have clients they need to impress. And there are firms out there that just handle retirement money that can wait as long as they need to wait, and that's great. That's good for them. That's why they're around forever. But that's not who we're talking about. A lot of people on Wall Street, a lot of hedge funds, they must act sooner. So when they hear the Fed say something about this, even though the Fed historically, long-term, has been wrong about almost everything they said they were going to do. Don't forget that. There's a reason why Powell is not as open as he was before. He's starting to turn into Greenspan a bit, or maybe Yellen, to where he's not as forthright as he used to be in his speeches because he's probably getting a lot of shit for it because almost nothing he says he's going to do in his speeches ends up coming true. So why believe him now? I don't know. You know, if, if he's looking a year down the road, a year's a long time. A lot can happen. A lot of things the Fed's probably going to be forced to react to. But again, that's not a luxury these people on Wall Street have. They have to react. And so they react accordingly. And this, this plays right into our hands, contrarians. And I'm going to tell you why. There's an old trick out there I learned from some hardcore gold bugs and I've been using it for years. And some of the current gold bugs are keeping this uh, little tactic alive and well. And this is really good to see because it's great. So what you do is you take the gold price, and you can go back maybe uh, 15, 20 years, and overlay it with 10-year real yields. And you will notice a phenomenon that always repeats itself. The price of gold will hit their tops and so there's been two in the last 15 years, one in 2011 and one in 2020. Whenever those tops occur, yields are always very low. And in the yield world, what's low eventually goes higher. And when it does, this will be the only time you see real, I guess, quote, bear markets in the gold space. And then what goes up always comes down in yield land. And when this phenomenon occurs, Gold always trends upward. Now, what's really interesting is we hit bottom, I think, around 2020 sometime, kind of early to mid, and yields have been doing nothing but going up ever since at a sharp rate, and they're quite high right now. So if you listen to what I just said before, this would be very bearish for gold. We should have seen a downtrend these last three years because these are the times when gold goes down, when those real yields go up especially at the rate they did. Now, that is almost certainly bearish for gold. But the price of gold didn't fall. It stayed horizontal in a range. I talk about it a lot on this show. This is the sweet divergence that we as long-term investors are looking for. This is the one phenomenon that always takes gold down. It happened as sharply as it ever has, and the price of gold did not fall. And pretty soon, there's going to be nowhere for that yield to go but down. 
and let's just say not financial advice, you were going to want to have your gold and any gold stocks you might have well in hand before this happens. We always say here the strategy that we have employed for over the last year is to stack fiat, in particular USD, and to stack things like gold. Now, when do you buy gold? Do you FOMO into it? No, there's no need to do that. You buy when it gets cheaper. This is what the Indians and Chinese do, and they have not been buying at the previous levels where gold has been approaching 2000 They wait. They wait for pullbacks. And guess what we have right now? Now, I know, as we said before, the dollar has been screaming upward. That is the other equation in the XAU-USD pair. But as I'd also mentioned long ago, when I first taught my traders how to trade metals, the metal itself typically drives the bus here. So I wouldn't let continued USD strength be a deterrent here, because I do see the dollar getting stronger over time. And it does play a part, just not as big of a part as it does in other places. Plus, we have seen gold spike when bank closures happen. And if you think we are completely done with bank closures and they will never, ever happen again, I'm going to have to take the other side of that argument. So you're probably going to want to be in before another one of those happens as well. Now, most of the people who listen to this podcast, I'm sure, have some gold holdings currently. But if some is good, more is better, especially when it comes to defensive assets like this. Now, if you don't have any and you are looking for some, we have gone over the different methods, the different ways you can purchase gold and silver. And yes, I know the Fed killed silver worse than it killed gold. We will get to that in a different episode. But for those who want to buy gold for the first time, I did a video years ago that had a bunch of dollar signs on the thumbnail. If you can find that video, should take you all of a couple minutes. Um, I go over the different ways you can purchase gold. Because depending on where you are or how much money you have to spend, there are different options you can employ. And all the ones I recommended there still hold up today. If you don't want to hold it or you don't want to have somebody else store it for you or you just don't have enough to buy you know, an ounce here, 10 ounces there, or you don't want to pay the premiums, there are other options here. You know, if you're in the United States or Canada, ticker symbol PHYS is still my recommended way to go. Now, there are plenty of other VTFs out there that are more available to people all over the world. Hardcore gold bugs will tell you to avoid them. I generally think they're fine. This is not a recommendation. But this doomsday scenario to where they run out of gold or don't have the gold they say they did, I don't think has a great chance of happening. And you can always bail out before it does. But Sprott's PHYS is still my ETF of choice here. You can buy as much or as little of it as you want. And if you are unhappy with the options in the paper gold market and ETF world, there is the digital gold market. I am not talking BTC. I am talking about PAXG. I've done a blog on this. Out of the four methods, it is my least favorite, uh, but I can still get behind it. PAXG attempts to do the exact same thing that PHYS does just on the digital market. And they are from Paxos. That's where the PAX comes from, of course. They're also the people behind PAX Dollar ticker symbol USDP, and they have done things very much on the up and up ever since their existence. They got in a little bit of hot water because they were in charge of creating Binance's stablecoin, BUSD, but that was because of Binance, not because of Paxos. There's a reason why nobody's gone after USDP yet. It's because I believe that Paxos has done what companies should do and say, you know what, we can be insanely profitable 
and actually have longevity to boot simply by doing things correctly, doing things above board all the time. Organizations may still go after them because that's what organizations do, but if they don't have anything on them at the end of the day, as we've seen, they're not going to win. And just like paper gold, you can buy as much or as little of it as you want. You can easily liquidate it. You know, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what your income level is, you can allocate some of that to gold. And when it dips, like it is now, is the best time to employ that strategy. Retirement and pension funds around the world still have less than 1% of their portfolios allocated to gold. The best defensive asset on planet Earth. Inside portfolios that are supposed to be defensive. They'll learn. And when they do, we're going to look a lot less crazy. And you're going to be really glad you were early.